When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it's Danny here and I'm here to ask you to please vote for us in the Football Content Awards. We're going for best podcast and best club content creator and we need your help to win. Go to footballcontentawards.com forward slash voting and type It's All Cobblers to me into the Football League boxes for both best podcast and best club content creator and then press the big vote now button. That's footballcontentawards.com forward slash voting. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. I'm Charles Commons and I'm here to look ahead to the big game at the weekend between our beloved cobblers and the team who laughed at us for 45 minutes at the end of last season, Barrow. Uh, to help me do that, I'm delighted to be joined once again by our resident now Barrow fan, Ronan McCarthy. How are you, Ronan? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yourself? Good. I'm really good, thanks very much. I'm, I'm sure this is going to be a really good, fun recording and, and you're going to be in high spirits, I'm sure, as we get into it. Um, but before we start, I have got some parish notices to go through for all of you. So the first things first is that just to let you know, we're recording this on Wednesday evening, so that's before the transfer deadline has happened. So if anything has gone on regarding ins and outs at either club, um, we can't talk about it because we don't know about it. <laughs> it's as simple as that. I don't have any inside information on the cobblers. I don't think Ronan's got anything that he knows is going to happen for definite. So therefore, we're just going to pretend that, well, nothing's happened, which as we all know, being Cobblers fans, is probably the most likely scenario. Um, so there we go. So if we're not talking about our brand new striker that was signed on Thursday evening, it's because I didn't know anything about it. Um, also, next Thursday, we're hosting the Fans Open Forum at Sixfields with Chairman Kelvin Thomas, CEO James Whiting, and Supporters Representative Director Tom Cliff. It starts at 7.30 in the 1897 suite at the football club. And it's a great chance for you to come along and ask those in charge at the club 
any questions that you have. And I, I really do mean any questions. If you don't come and you've got questions, then send us an email, podcast at cobblers2me.com. I'm happy to take your and collate your questions and take them with me on the evening. But the one thing that I'm going to say is that priority will be given to those fans that are there on the evening. Um, but yeah, if you can't make it for any reason and you'd like to ask questions, send it in, podcast at cobblers2me.com. And if it doesn't get asked by somebody in the room, I will try and make sure that I remember to ask it um, for you on your behalf. Um, as I said, if you can't be there, then you can still listen to it because we'll be recording it and then putting it out as an episode of the podcast on the feed within a couple of days of the event itself. So there you go. That's next Thursday. That's the 8th of September. I think I've got that right. Uh, 7.30 p.m. at Six Hills in the 1897 suite. Come along and ask questions of the chairman, CEO, and your supporters' representative on the board. Uh, Right. Let's get to football matters now. Um, We're going to pretend, Ronan, that the Cobblers didn't get smashed 6-0 at Ipswich Town on Tuesday night. Um, (laughs) And we're just going to mention the fact that you guys, Barrow, beat Fleetwood on penalties in said Pizza Cup. Um, And I think the first place I want to start is, other than congratulating you on your brilliant start to the season, which we'll get to, I just wanted to ask your opinion. As fairly new entrants to the, um, whatever it's called these days, the Papa John's Trophy, how do you guys at Barrow feel about it? Is it a competition that you want to try and do your best in to go on and win it? Or much like the rest of us, you couldn't really care less and it's just a chance to give us the reserves a run out? Um, I think I sort of sit somewhere in between the both, really. For us, it's like you say, to take your reserves or players that aren't really playing, a good chance to get a run out. But financially, it's not a bad sort of little earner for us, if we're really honest. Um I think we got something like I think it's five grand each for the draw last night, ten grand if you win, and obviously nothing if you lose. So if you get through a few rounds, or if you if you get past your group, you know you've earned a little bit of money there. Just that, and it's only you know sort of passive income, but it's it's, it's okay as a competition itself. You know it, it draws a lot of controversy, but I, I'd, for me, trying to get trying to get out of the group would be interesting for us. Just sort of you know it's something we've never done before, and um, at the moment we've got a it's a slightly a slightly larger squad than we normally have, um, sort of looking towards 22 upwards players. So for us, getting them players that sort of run out isn't a bad thing. So staying in it, and you know, we, we've got Carlisle, Fleetwood, and um, Man United's under 23s. You know, Carlisle's considered our sort of derby, um, or that's up for debate amongst our supporters. Um, and, and Fleetwood wasn't a bad trip last night, to be honest. You know, it's only an hour and a half, which is relatively local for us. So it's not a, as a group stage and as a draw, it's not sort of terrible, but the the whole idea on the 23 teams and whatever, that can be, I could, you could see for many sort of hours and sort of debate that and the format of the competition. But um, for me, it was, it was, it's not a horrific thing. It's not a horrendous thing. And it's a sort of a tournament that, you know, it's, it's just a part of your fixture list and you've got to try and win every game you're in. It's the way I see it. Hmm. Did you, did you guys take the FA Trophy or VARS in the same sort of manner as as you're doing with the Pizza Cup in the EFL now? It's difficult. So we've got quite a good history. As far as the FA Trophy is concerned, we've got quite a good history 
you know, we've been with 1990 was one of our biggest sort of first achievements. Um, as such at Wembley, where we've won and in 2010 in my lifetime, we um, we again won the the FA Trophy, so we did take it reasonably seriously. Um, as it sort of in that final year or the final couple of years, it was a good chance to sort of give different players a run out, and it almost became that sort of hindrance. Um, mm. But I also appreciate it from a, a club that you know when we didn't have a lot of money and when we didn't when we were in the Conference North, it was a good chance to sort of progress in a cup, really. So I, I, I'm always of the opinion. If you're in a competition, you've got to try and progress as far as possible in it. Um, there's, there's different ways to take it seriously or not, and I appreciate last night it was a really good chance for us to sort of refresh the team a bit, give players who needed a rest that rest, uh, but also give players who needed to play some minutes really. So we, yeah, we did take it. We took it reasonably seriously, and I'm not going to sort of try and diminish the FA Trophy because I, <laughs> it's my sort of my first one of my first ever greatest memories was going to watch Barrow Wembley amongst nine thousand others, ten thousand others. Yeah, it's as you say, it's probably a, a, a something we could talk about for ages and ages and ages, and never really come to a yeah. a, a general consensus on um, when it comes to the EFL Trophy. But um, it's always interesting, I think, to find out what the view is of other fans, especially fans like yourself, who have obviously only been in the league for a short period of time and don't necessarily have the historical baggage with that particular competition that the rest yeah. of us do. So, yeah, it's it's always interesting. Um, let's go to the league, though, the bread and butter of both of our uh, club's lives. Um, you have had a ridiculously fabulous start to the season, Ronan. You've won five of your first six league games. Um, are you as surprised as the rest of us by that start? Um, I think in terms of winning five out of six, obviously, yeah, you don't. I think even the, you know the top clubs are thinking that's a you know incredible start. But in terms of the fact that we were predicted to obviously finish bottom, it, it's not a shock that we've upset teams um, in that sort of way. I'm, I think a, a sort of like level-headed way to answer this. Um, <laughs> I, d- I don't think it's come to a shock that. You know, I see a team like ourselves who were sort of almost brushed aside as we like people thought we were going to be the whipping boys, if we're quite honest. Mm. I've I've actually come out and done really well because the, the league is so tight and so close that there's always the opportunity for a team like ourselves to sort of, you know, get past get past the stage where people look at us as sort of the small boys. But I think for me, the bit that's impressed me the most is we look like a completely different team under Wild. And we don't even it's chalk and cheese from last year. And we look so much more confident. We look like we've got goals in us. And, and even though at the start of the season we were shipping a few goals, we didn't look defensively bad. And we look really solid as well. So it's been a really it's been a really nice and refreshing sort of start to the season. And compared to the last two that we've had in the AFL, it's been really, you know we've played some we've played some good teams as well. So it's it's been good. Yeah, that's that's the thing, isn't it? Because it's not like you've just been coming up against the clubs that were expected, like yourselves, and no disrespect, but to be towards the lower end of this division this season. You, you've you've gone and you know beaten the the supposed favourites on the opening day in their own backyard um, at Stockport three um, two, and you were three nil up 
at half time in that game. Um, so that's that's ridiculous. Um, and then you go and follow it up the following Saturday with another three two, and this time it's over Bradford City, probably the the biggest team in terms of finances, or at least you know one of the biggest teams in terms of finances in this league, um, and the history that they've got as well. You beat them three two as well. I mean, it's it's not exactly a start that anybody would have predicted for you, and and that's before we even talk about the fact that you then go to Blackpool in the EFL Cup and you beat them. Albeit, yes, okay, you've done it on penalties, but you know you, you've still gone and away to a championship side, followed up the form that you were in. No doubt, you probably made a couple of changes for that game. Um, you know those first three games, as a start to any league season, absolutely every club in this division would snap your arm off to get those three games and those three results. It's incredible what you've managed. Well, what Pete Wilde has managed to achieve. Yeah, um, like you said, as a start of the season, I think it was sort of a pinch yourself moment because we didn't realise, you know, what we didn't sort of. You know, I've what you have a rough idea of Halifax and the sort of style of football and such, but it's it was how impressive we were in the first three games. I know obviously we, we won the first two, three, two, and people might look at that from an outside perspective and think, you know, there might have been tight games that we just nicked or what whatnot. But you know, that first half at Stockport, we were unbelievable. We were just, we had three fair enough, we had three chances, but we scored three unbelievable goals. Um, and unlike anything, we had a, we had a, a bit of nerves came into play towards the back end of the game, and you know we, we conceded too. But I think the most impressive thing for me has been how organised we are and how how we've gone got these players in from you know Whitfield from Stockport, Foley from Tranmere, and they found the turn around saying you know um, Foley's passed it, his legs have gone. Uh, Whitfield's a crock, he, you know he's going to get injured. Um, you could probably argue that Owen Whitfield's one of the best wingers in the league. Um, mm. You know, in terms of his output. So I think that's what I think. I think the, the bit I've enjoyed the most personally is proving people wrong. You know, from people in Barrow never thought we were going to finish bottom. Um, we thought it was just really poor sort of analysis um, that we'd be that bottom club because when you look around us, like you know, the likes of Rochdale, the likes of. Um, I'd even go as far as saying Gillingham, to be quite honest. Um, Sutton were obviously going to drop off, and um, and the less said about Hartlepool's recruitment, the better, in my opinion. But um, we were all, you know, I, I had this idea we'd finish in this twelfth to sort of sixteenth range, and if you sort of that twelfth place side and you're slightly overachieving, you're knocking on the playoffs really, because of obviously yeah. the amount of places that you've got that come down. So. To say it's a massive, massive shock, probably, it, without sounding big, it isn't really because we, we, we knew if things click and things go well, we could we could be up in that mix because of how tight the league is. And, you know, we could turn around in three weeks' time and we could be 12 and I could be, you know, <laughs> laughing at myself. <laughs> but the thing I keep people that think everyone keeps saying it mature is just enjoy it. Just every week that goes past, just enjoy it. Is mm-hmm. um. Is it that Stockport game that stands out as the best one of the season so far? I mean, I only ask you this because if it was me, and and you know, I've looked through those results, and 
The one that stands out really for me is the Bradford game. And that's mainly because of the fact that, you know, it was, it was, we'll score, you'll score. And then, you know, we'll score again. And it essentially, if you've not watched the highlights for this game, Barrow against Bradford back on the 6th of August, then you really should. Because Andy Cook, who is Bradford City striker, who's had... Is it four spells with Barrow in his career? It's it's a number of spells, isn't it? Um, He scores what he believes is a, you know, last minute equaliser to make it two all after Josh Kay has actually put you two one up on the 85th minute. And he gives it some to your fans in the home end before then going over to the Bradford fans. Um, Only for a minute later, you to go and win it. Ridiculously late and we've seen a few late goals as cobblers fans this season as well but to me that's that's looking from the outside in is your so far game of the season because of the fact that you've managed to you know in the 85th minute you're probably thinking we've won this so to then get pegged back with only you know five minutes have already gone in injury time you're you're then going oh but to be able to then go and actually get the win anyway is brilliant yeah um it's probably one of the sort of craziest ends to a football game i've ever been you know i've had the privilege of watching um in regards to cook and there's a brilliant photo of him as he's looking over the uh, barrow support as he's walking off clapping the bradford fans and he's got some horrific stick um, <laughs> but that, that's, that's Andy Cook and I, I'm a big massive Andy Cook fan you know because he's achieved some good things at, you know about football but mm. I think looking at me for a highlight and it's a sort of a unique one was we played Walsall um, and after 20 minutes there was they had a it was Manny Manfi Peter Clark and I can't remember but um, Daniel's playing in the back back three and they looked, they were 2 0 down and they looked around each other and were just frightened. Nobody mm-hmm. wanted the ball. No, because we were pressing, because, you know, the, the entire sort of Pete Wild philosophy is you win the ball at the front, that's your press. You work hard, you know, Waters, Gordon, K, Stevens, it all sort of intertwines, Whitfield as well. Um, and Peter Clark, you know, is, a, is an unbelievable centre half. And it, yeah, for a 40 year past, old, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> he was getting past the ball. And it was like, what do I do with it? <laughs> and mm-hmm. he, he kicked the ball out of play about four or five times because he just did not know what he was. Had no idea what to do and what he'd sort of just witnessed in this first 20 minutes, half hour. Um, against, you know, Walsall are going to be a really good side this season, probably. So that was a, a massive highlight for me. But yeah, the, the, the Bradford one was really special, to be honest. You know, as, as an individual moment in the 96th minute, 97th minute, whatever it was. And obviously, you could even look at, you know, Last week was pretty. It was all right at Wimbledon, and um, the Blackpool game is obviously as a standalone fixture is was, was was a brilliant sort of achievement, and you know a brilliant night to be honest. But it's been a it's been a season full of highlights. Every game's been good. You know, I've I've only I've only missed Sutton, um, and I think the less said about that game and the referee and display the bear, um, <laughs> as you probably heard and saw. So mm. it's just one of them. Um, but every at the moment, everything's enjoyable. Um, even sort of going to Fleetwood and the Pizza Cup last night was was enjoyable, um, but no, it's been a brilliant start. I mean, we, we've already mentioned him, talked about him, and, and you've said that it's it is a different side, a different Barrow to what we saw last season. Pete Wilde's come in replacing Phil Brown, 
who I, I don't know. Did Phil Brown leave under a bit of a cloud with you guys or, or not? Was there something where he was offered a contract and then it just wasn't taken up or was it just the fans not really wanting him and therefore he never got offered anything? Was was it a case of Phil Brown, there's, should he still be a manager in a way? There's a mix of sort of different things and there's it depends who you believe. I mean, you know, our chairman's come out and give his sort of opinion, but I think um, as a supporter, I mean, I we spoke about it last year, I, I, I'm not a Phil Brown fan, you know. I, you know, I appreciate that he kept us up, and I, I'm, you know, I'm thankful for that. I'll never knock him for that. But I think looking further for looking past that sort of eight game, nine game period last season, he wasn't the man to sort of carry on. As as I said last time, he's a motivational manager. Um, his transfer windows are often questionable at times. Um, we did offer him a contract. That's absolutely no secret at all. Um, uh, we brought in Ian Wood as our sporting director, um, director of football, whatever you want to call it. And um, it got to the stage where Brown wasn't sort of responding. Brown wasn't wasn't really saying much, to be honest. And th- this is the bit where it gets a bit loose and cagey. Is he lives somewhere in Oxfordshire, if I'm correct? Just had a newborn child. Um, so obviously miles away and it's it's family and such and he was he was sort of touting himself at a Yeovil job you know <laughs> best wishes to Yeovil if, if, if they were going to choose him uh, because you know <laughs> it is what it is but Ian they're very, they're very open honest about this and Ian just sort of said you know we rang him we sort of through certain contacts we knew he was going in for the Yeovil job Um um, you know, we weren't happy about that. You know, he, he said, our chairman rang him and went, do you want the job? And he went, well, you know, I'm still, still more over, still thinking about it. So we just hmm. dragged the contract away from him. You know, it, it, it is what it is. We we were a really crucial part of our, you know, re- rebuild and restructure where we just needed a quick decision early. I know that mm. sounds quite ironic considering we waited for Wild, um, But I think we waited for the right man, hopefully. Um, yeah, I, I, it sounds very much like a, a simple case of you either want to be here or you don't. And if you can't tell me that you do want to be here, then that says everything. Yeah, so it speaks volumes in itself. We'll move it? on. Yeah, and, and, and we'll move. And, and you did. You moved on. And you you got your man, and, and Pete Wilde's come in from Halifax. Um, you talked about the press, the high press that you've been employing in the, the game so far this season. Is that the biggest change? Uh, has there been anything else that he's done differently? The press is the main one. The press is one of the most incredible things I think I've ever watched of the level of intense intensity and you're still 75 minutes in because you're making the substitutions, you know, players coming off, players coming on and the press starts again. <laughs> the press gets even more intense because you've got these fresh legs running and running and running. The biggest sort of well, my most enjoyable part of it is the midfield three of uh, Foley, Gotts, excuse me, and Harrison Neal on loan from Sheffield United is, you know, Foley sort of plays a little bit deeper. Um, and it's just, it's, he wins second balls. Like the most, I don't, I, I don't have a sign in front of me, but he must have one of the highest second ball percentage wins in the league. You know, it's, it's incredible. Harrison Neal's a really good destroyer. And Robbie Gotts almost sort of joins in the press as a second striker, um, putting pressure on the centre-halves. And it, it is a really, really good 
sort of thing to watch. We've got high, the wing-backs play, or I call them wing-backs, but they, they play back four. They, pre- they go so far forward, it's almost like extra wingers. Um, that's the luxury we have, really. And Niall Canavan um, looks like a different player. He's a, he's a leader. He's been he's been brilliant. And we've had George Ray, who unfortunately got injured at the start of the season, but he played out full night last night. And uh, a young lad called Sam McClellan from Chelsea, who is... Uh, he's a sort of a leader amongst men for someone who's you know only 20 years old he's screaming organising shouting very brave um, has chipped him with a goal and the, and just to go back to the two fullbacks you know Bruff and Tyrrell Warren the, Warren played left no sorry yeah Warren played left back against Stockport he's naturally naturally a right back and you watched him and you thought Geez, it's going to be a long sort of season for you, pal, if you're going to defend like that all year. Um, but he's got better and better as the games have gone on. He's looked really, really shrewd bit of business. Um, and it's not only Pete Wilder as well. I've got to give a massive sort of props to Adam Temple, his assistant manager who's come from youth football at Man City um, and Man United. He, you know, his contact book must be extensive. Um, and obviously along with Ian Wood, you know, we, when we spoke last time, I've sort of said, you know, we need somebody who's a sport, a football man, somebody who understands football, and sort of look at this sort of young manager, some a model. Wild was in my head sort of at that time. We would amongst Barry we were talking about it. I mean, alongside um, Mike Williamson at Gateshead and Phil Parkinson at Altrincham, not to be mistaken with Wrexham, who would not be much fun. But I think um, I think it's I think it's just something that's working really, really well at the minute. Um, and obviously, we may get found out eventually. But with players like Richie Bennett to come back into the fold, who start, who's been injured all the start of the season, just one of those unfortunate things. And uh, David Moyo, who's come from Hamilton Aggies, we've got a sort of that little bit of a plan B. Um, the B not depressed stays, but it's just sort of we've got we've given ourselves options. You look at the bench and you're thinking we're bringing on good players. We're not sort of just you know filling up the numbers. So it's been quite refreshing, really, for um, from our point of view and our perspective. Yeah, you've mentioned. Um... A couple already, but you've you've got a few ex cobblers in your squad now. You've mentioned Sam Foley, who's joined you from Tranmere in the summer. Um, David Moyer came through our youth academy before being released, and then found his way up in Scotland, and, and now has come back into the EFL. Um, and Billy Waters, or Waters, sorry, came with Pete Wilde from Halifax. Um, he got off to a flyer on the first day in the game against Stockport scoring but it looks like he's gone a bit quiet since then so is is Billy flattered to deceive almost in that respect how's he been getting on for you I think what's important for us is when players aren't scoring when we look at the um was we've got I'm going to get this wrong I think it's six we've got Waters Whitfield Keir Stevens um, and I've, I've definitely gone blank on the last two and they've probably missed two <laughs> really important people and they'll come back to me uh, Whitfield's obviously got our most goal contribution in terms of goals and assists and Josh Gordon mm-hmm. definitely missed him who's massively important um, he's got four or five league goals when they're not scoring they're, they're integral to the press integral to the team um, so whatever it might in terms of goal output and such it doesn't look positive um, he's been really sort of beneficial to that system and that structure and when Billy's not playing well or when, you know, if Josh Gordon comes out of form or Josh Kay struggling, we're able to sort of inter- interchange, intertwine. And 
create this sort of system in among six or seven players that just works and works really, really well. Um, but I think for Billy, the main thing for him is I think it was quite telling the difference in fitness level between the conference, or sorry, National League and League Two. And I think that was quite telling um, in pre-season and a little bit towards the start of the season, um, what, the first few weeks. I think he was, and it's not it's not a criticism of the lad at all because like, obviously he's played in the Football League, but I think he was a little bit behind schedule maybe in terms of his fitness. And, it's, and he's looking a lot, a lot sharper now, a lot better. And it's an extremely physically demanding sort of team of playing when you're pressing for 90 minutes. So... It's not. It's not a criticism at all. But I think as the season goes on, I think we're going to see the best of Billy Waters um, in amongst the other forwards. Brilliant, um, David Moyo. We've talked about, and you've mentioned a couple of times. Um, talk to me about him because it's been quite a while since we last saw him, and he, he never really did break into our first team. Hence, why he was released after I think he'd had his first year as a professional with us. Um, it could have been two. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, obviously, he's he's been away. He's gone and done, you know, his work almost. And and like a few previous academy prospects that have been released by previous Cobblers managers, it, he's now found his way back to the level that we're at, and and may well even go on to go and do better than than we do as a football club. Uh, how have you found him so far? If I'm really honest, I think it was one of those signings that we had to make because of the Bennett injury. Um, mm. Whether we would have brought in, I think we're always going to bring in another forward. Whether that had been in the shape of David Moyo, I'm not sure. Um, is the honest answer. I think what's quite um, obvious to see is, is is he slightly off that sort of pace to start with. He looked. Um, we played Lincoln, and he's. He, you know, he, he played. I think he played the full night almost, and he, he could tell that he was struggling because of the lack of preseason. He clearly had, but I think one thing that's positive to see from him is, is his work rate. You know, really, really good. I know that's sort of a really poor cliche, and everyone should say, you know, the minimum you expect of a footballer is his work rate. Mm. But he, it is the ball falls from in good positions. He's missed a couple of really good chances. He missed. He missed one last night. Um, but the Fleetwood centre half got back in time and made an incredible tackle. I missed a glaring chance at Lincoln, but he also the goal he took at Lincoln, he took it really, really well. It was a hard chance. Um, so I think I think it just adds to the squad. Really, I don't think you know he's one of those players who's coming to expect to start every single game and be that integral part of the team. But he adds another dimension to our sort of attack, another strength to both. You know that can be brought on and do something a little bit different. That maybe the sort of high work rate runners that we have don't do. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he's a nuisance. He's a, he's a massive, massive nuisance. And he's big, strong, physical, and will bully centre-halves at times. And, you know, if if he chips in with the odd goal, if he gets you somewhere between five and ten goals, not starting, playing as that second or third string forward, happy days. Um, but he's looked, he's looked okay to start off with. Um, I think it's one of them as time goes on and he gets more minutes in his legs, he'll become a better footballer uh, for us and maybe maybe play a really important part of our season. How long's he signed for with you, Ronan? Is it a, a season or has he got a bit longer than that? As far as I'm aware, I'm pretty sure it's the end of the season. Um, he yeah. might have an option, um, but I'm not 100% sure. 
Fair enough. Yeah, no problem. Um, one last player, because uh, what we do here is we also write match reports that go on cobblers2me.com. If you've not had a look, I should say match previews, not a report. We do that's after a game. But yeah, we do a match preview that comes out the day before a game. It's over on cobblers2me.com. Um, and, and I've been sat there writing away, getting the, the one sorted for, for this game on Saturday. And one of the sections we have to do is we, we look at a player from the opposition to really watch out for. And I'd say that it was fairly easy to pick out the player for Barrow. Um, it's, of course, Ben Whitfield. Um, he's got off to an absolute flyer. Uh, five assists, two goals to date. Um, do you agree with me? Is he your one major threat that we should be watching out for? He's, he's absolutely magic. It's probably the best way of putting it. Um, you know, his, his creative output's absolutely unbelievable. He's a, he's been a real joy to watch and a real breath of fresh air. He's his, his sort of ability to sort of pick up the ball and run at fullbacks or even run at the centre halves has been really really good to watch. His finishing from range has been good, um, and obviously to get five league assists he's bought to Josh Gordon on Saturday against Wimbledon the way he, he sort of drags the man in and spins him quickly and creates that massive like acres of room just to have a sort of run down the side compose himself and put in a really good ball at Gordon it was a, a brilliant to watch and I think if you're looking for sort of that attacking threat he's definitely sort of our one to watch I think if you're going to highlight two key key players well it's really hard and I probably disrespect the small part of the squad to highlight just two. Um, I think Sam Foley is probably in midfield. Like I said, the second ball wins are just just outrageous for a man of his age to have that level of fitness and that level of, you know, I mean, he looks very good for, for 35, 36, to be quite honest, when we signed him, I couldn't believe his age. Um, and again, Sam McClellan from Chelsea on loan. He's a, he's a proper sort of old-fashioned centre-half who can play a bit as well. But, He's big, strong, physical, and a massive sort of integral part of our team, and a leader. I think that's mm. been really important. I think if that's one massive area I'd compliment Wild on the most on Temple is we've got leaders all over the pitch. Um, whether that be the same with Canavan McClelland, even sort of um, and Foley, but even sort of players like uh, Patrick Bruff. Paul Farman have sort of stepped up to that next level of sort of their leadership and it's been he mentions this sort of leadership group and not in the sort of Arsenal Piero um, <laughs> Jacka sort of um, <laughs> leadership group um, I think it's sort of one that you know people actually like each other um, but that's been <laughs> yeah. really refreshing and really really good to see but yeah attacking wise 100% Whitfield um, but don't rule out Josh Gordon either with his four or five uh, four league goals that he's got this mm. season either yeah, it's true. I mean, this is the thing. It's 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 fairly obvious for me to go and pick out Ben Whitfield. But at the same time, like you say, it's quite disingenuous almost to the rest of this team because it's not just like you've been carried by this one man of, of complete magic. He's got, you know, a, a, a 10 other men, you know, with him on the pitch that are also doing the business, which is obviously great for you guys at the moment. I mean, the question is obviously going to be how long can it last and will it last all the way through? Um, obviously, I hope it doesn't last for, for Saturday for obvious reasons. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it is really quite good. It's refreshing and it's, it's good for the league, I think, in terms of having, you know, the last few years we've had those couple of basket case clubs, haven't we, that you kind of are looking at 
as filling the bottom two places for relegation. And that's allowed you maybe as a one of the smallest clubs in the division to actually, you know, set some foundations and get yourself set, ready to actually now push on from where you were. Whereas maybe before, you know, the likes of Oldham, etc., were in this division and, and therefore taking those bottom spots away, it might have been a different story. And the likes of Barrow and, and Sutton, and I know, you know, Sutton obviously had a really good start to last season as well before they just drifted back towards the end. But it it, it maybe gives you a bit of a, a breathing space to be able to lay those foundations and to really crack on. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens for you guys for the rest of the season and uh, and to see whether you can carry on with this vein of form, which I, I, I still am in complete disbelief that it's happening. I'll be completely honest with you. It was not what I was expecting from Barrow at all whatsoever. Um, but there you go. Um, we always finish the show, Ronan, with predictions for the game. Um, I'll go first and let you have the last say on it. Um, I'm a little bit worried about this. I'll be completely honest. We've had a couple of poor results now, back-to-back. We lost 1-0 at home to Doncaster in League 2 on Saturday at the weekend, um, which wasn't a great performance, I didn't think. And then, obviously, we've had an absolute shower, albeit with a not completely changed, but a very, very much changed side in the pizza cup away at Ipswich, to a very good Ipswich side as well. Um, so I am worried. Barrow, it, with the form that you're in, are not the team that I would want to play off the back of those two results. Um, I'm going to be optimistic and say it will be a one-all draw. But I'm wondering what you're going to go for, Ronan, because that's what's worrying me here. <laughs> no, no, if I'm going to be really honest... I probably sort of lean to what I don't think it's going to be that sort of. A th- I think people might look at it and think that you know we could go and you know on the back of a bit of pure form, but you know score a few goals. But it'll be an extremely tight game. Um, I, I, I'm just to be sort of that positive. I think we can look for a one nil win. But if it I, again a one one against yourselves, I'd take it as a good result. You know, he's going to be up there towards the end of the season. I think one important thing for us to look at is. Once you get, if we if you do win on Saturday, um, is when does it stop becoming form and start mm. realizing that you're actually a good side? I think that's something that I, I said. I was talking to somebody on the bus back on um, Saturday. I think if you win this game on Saturday, you know, hopefully touch wood, it's not so much form anymore, and you're sort of thinking, yeah, there's a good side here, and they could do something. Um, not not so much, you know win the league or you know that sort of pipe dreams of everything, or Mike promotion or that sort of you know. <laughs> pot of gold at the end of the rainbow but you know have a re- be a really really good side in the league and be towards that top sort of seven or eight places and you know upset people um, but to answer your original question I think yeah I'll go to, I'll go to 1-0 to Barrow but again I'd, I'd happily take a point that'd also be a really good result Brilliant. Thanks so much for joining us, Ronan. It's been a pleasure having you back. Thank you very much uh, for coming on. Uh, where can we find you on social media, if the guys that are listening want to do that? Yeah, um, I'm at Ronan 99 on Twitter. 
Um, again, I think I said it last time. Slightly horrific football and opinions, but a, a bit more optimistic this season. A bit, a bit slightly happier. Um, happier place to be. But yeah, thank you very much for having me on once again. Ah, you're welcome, mate. No problem at all. Uh, next week on the preview show, um, we'll have a Warsaw fan on as we go away uh, to the Poundland Stadium. Yes, the Poundland Stadium. Thanks very much for listening to the preview show this week. We'll be back in your ears on Tuesday for another It's All Cobblers to Me as we look back on this game against Barrow. We'll see you then. Goodbye. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.